Petersfield's Shine Radio. Shine Radio's Growing Together with Claire Venice and Steve Amos is supported by Alitex. Modern Victorian glass houses made in South Harting. Hello and thanks for joining us in Growing Together. I'm Claire Venice and I'm once again at the Adhurst Estate Allotments with Allotment Chairman Steve Amos. Good morning. Good morning, Steve. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I How think I you? have dressed inappropriately. Why is that? Well, I've got a t-shirt on and it's a bit nippy, isn't it? There's a bit of a cool breeze. <laughs> I'll tough it out. We'll be okay. I was you're a tough man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hardy allotment here. Exactly. All round wimp, actually. But there we go. There's a bit of blue sky. It's meant to be a nice day today. Just um, taking um, a bit of time to get going. We're quite early, aren't we? We are. Here? We are early. What are we up to today, then? Well, we've got a lot on because it's October, but the weather's still warm. There's a lot of things you can still be doing in the garden this time of year. What have you been doing down here at the allotment? You know, digging the beds over, putting some compost on the top. The regular stuff, really. Just keep it on top of stuff. Keep deadheading the flowers. You know, the dahlias are still looking great. There's quite a bit of dampening off on the back of those yellow ones there which doesn't look great but still a nice shot of colour isn't it and the um, zinnias are doing fantastically this year every time I've come down here it's that gorgeous pink colour that pops out and actually just walking down here this morning as we said there's a little bit of a grey sky a bit of blue peeping through but the beautiful flowers oh, the colours against it are beautiful yeah. aren't they and I think something else I've really liked this year I've not done much with them because only two plants germinated but it's the tithonia the bright orange over there underneath the dead sunflower heads I think that's looked really nicely as well this year. Funny weather we've been having, but it's amazing what a difference it makes to some plants it is, and flowers. It? Yeah. As we walked down here, I pointed out on the long runner bean canes, which are pretty much done and dusted, there's some flowers. It's bonkers, isn't it? Well, it's interesting you say that because I was about to take my runner beans down. And they started flowering. But I'm not sure. No, no, I keep them up. Well, if this warm weather continues, which is meant to, isn't it, over the next few weeks, you get another flush. Well, there's already a busy allotment here down here. We haven't seen them yet. They're hid. But we can definitely hear them, can't we? Definitely hear them. (laughs) Good for them. Getting on with things uh, bright and early. Well, joining us in this episode is Lucy Lee from Ramshackle Flowers from her plot in West Sussex. And Lucy talks about how to sow, grow and dry flowers throughout the year. And also... I popped up to Blackmore Estate to meet with John Mundy, who is the nursery manager there at the fruit farm. It's that time of year. Excellent. It is, isn't it? Loads of apples about, isn't it? I tried my russet apple. How was it? It was delicious. Was it? Yeah. Oh, good. I wasn't sure if it was going to be ready yet, actually, but it was perfect. Well, I got a couple of trees from Neil at Southern Fruit Trees, obviously almost next door to Blackmore. I potted them on and I've got two garlia apples I love a garlia apple they're really good so hopefully next year we'll, we'll have some apples from potted apple trees yeah because you can still buy them potted bare root season's coming it's coming yet yeah, sort of november yeah. but yeah. there's nothing quite like going up to a fruit tree and just picking an apple and eating it straight off the tree i'm sure i've mentioned it before i used to live in cyprus and my dad came to visit and he had this obsession with picking an orange from an orange tree and sure enough there's an orange grove and dad's like stop 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 and he jumped out of the car picked an orange got a knife out of his pocket cut it open and went oh it was so bitter of course it wasn't nearly ready but it, it was orange dad was having this thing you know <laughs> the man from del monte he said no he definitely said no oh you poor dad i know i know bless him i hope he found a right one now, Steve, one of the things I wanted to ask you about was the Liss Flower Show, which ah, you attended. I did. How did you do? We did okay. Dailies were a bit disappointing. We've had a really hot week the week before, and the palms were all scorched. 
and then we'd had the heavy dews in the evening so all the yellows had damped off on the back so it was a bit of a nightmare but having said all that i still managed to get a bronze medal from the national daily society which i was really pleased with at regional shows like that the national daily society can issue a silver or a bronze medal for meritorious exhibits and yeah i got a bronze medal which i was really pleased with that's brilliant yeah. news yeah well that was really done. good and then the big news i actually got best in show for my potatoes. No. Yeah, I was really pleased. There's three classes of potato at the show. There's just the white potatoes, coloured potatoes, and then a combination of three whites and three coloureds. And I got best in show for the three whites and three coloureds. And as a bonus prize, because they're National Veg Society registered as well, the show, I got a very prestigious National Veg Society medal. Good for you, Yes, Steve. I was really pleased. And the biggest cup of the year, the best in show cup. It's huge. It's probably a good 18 inches high. That's fantastic. But only one cup. Uh, Big enough, though. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. So are you thinking about expanding on your showing next year? (laughs) A pregnant pause there. He is. Yes, I am. (laughs) I am. It's such a difficult one because I grow lots of things. For the Steep Flower Show, for example, 30 classes. It's a massive effort. So what I've got to do is think about what has gone really well, what I think I'm quite good at, and just focus on that for a bigger show. A couple of varieties of dahlias, potatoes, and maybe some carrots, depending how good they are. So to specialise more. Just to really yeah, niche yeah. down. For the, for the bigger shows, definitely. Oh, but that's exciting, though. Yeah. Yes, I hope so. Yeah. I think we'll give it a go. Ooh, plans for next year are foot. Oh, no, I, I love know. that. I like having things to look forward to. I, I know mean, I've said a, it before. You're a great interviewer, Claire, and you've got it out of me. I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> i got the breaking strain of a small twig. We've heard it now. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> it's out there. The allotment here we spoke about who is still happily strimming their well, it's, lawn. It's actually the groundsman for the little school. They've got a double plot oh. coming to cut the grass. I did think it was early for a plot holder. Well, actually, I've been looking after my lawn. I let a lot of it grow this year. So we have beautiful wildflowers. The yellow rattle took off in a place I wasn't expecting it to. But actually, I'm going to keep it there and hope it'll be back again next year. So we did have to cut it all back, which was quite a job. We didn't have a scythe. Maybe we need to invest in what one. What did you do? A strimmer and a lawnmower. Do you know what? What you want? An Austrian scythe. Okay. I got one for Dougie here as a thank you for all the hard work he'd done a couple of years ago. And it's an aluminium one. So it's not a traditional wooden one. Um, you have to put the blade on yourself. And it came with a sharpening stone and the spanners you need to tighten in the blade up and what have you. It's a great bit kit. Yeah. Austrian scythe. Oh, I'll look That's into that. Look. Handy tip. Yes, we do need that because it was hard work. And yeah. it made me think maybe we need to think about how we're going to have the wildflower meadow next year. And actually now is the time where you can sow some seed. The ground is still warm. With the weather being as warm as it has been and will continue to be potentially for the next couple of weeks, you will have time to sow. Wildflower seeds. Yeah, and there's various different ways you can do it. You can get seed mixes, you can lay wildflower turf now, or you can convert an existing lawn, which is what we're doing. I mean, wildflower seed tends to like bare and weed-free ground, so it's best to maybe take the grass off if you're looking at it. Well, do you know a really good idea, if you've got a strimmer, is tilt the strimmer through 90 degrees, make sure that the, the string is going away from you and you get covered, but you can basically strip the ground with the strimmer string. So get the strimmer going and you almost use it as a tool to take the top layer of grass and what have you off. I do it here 
it works really well it's really effective but make sure you get the strimmer string going the, the right way or you get absolutely covered in muck <laughs> but yeah no, that works well yeah. Ooh, that's really good to know yeah you need a fairly decent strimmer to do it good idea well yeah there's lots of ways you can do that and also one thing to also find out is your soil type and your location obviously because there are different wildflower seeds and wildflower mixes for different soil types and areas and something else is I've been sowing some hardy annuals. I know you tend to stop sowing now, Steve, don't yes, you? Yes, I do. Yeah, no, that's me now. Well, until towards the end of this month when the shallots will go in in a cold greenhouse. Well, talking of sowing seeds, I've sown some cornflower and some sweet peas. I like to get them off early. Sweet peas already? Yeah, you do You're sweet peas now. Me. So you get an early flowering, longer flowering season yeah. next year. I mean, I will also plant some more around Christmas time, yeah. but you can get some in now, definitely. I do mine later this year, Why? like sort of February time. Why is that? Because they come and go so quickly. And whether that's just because of the hot summers we've had, I'm not sure, but I'm just going to just try it later this year. Let's compare notes and see. So let's hear now from Lucy Lee, who sows, grows and dries flowers for her dried flower arrangements. Her message is a simpler, kinder life with a modern take on homegrown dried flowers. There's nothing quite like coming to a plot in the autumn that's full of flowers and enjoying the autumnal sun. And that's exactly where I am today to meet with Lucy Lee from Ramshackle Flowers. Hello, Lucy. Hi Claire, welcome to Midhurst. Thank you very much. I'm <laughs> delighted to be here and thrilled to talk to you because we only met you about 10 days ago at the Maker's Barn where various different craftspeople could come together mm. and you were there with your dried flowers. Yes, it was a lovely day and it was extremely hot as well. It was, wasn't it? The last day of summer, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a little bit cooler here today, but we are in the sun, which is so nice, and visiting your plot, which still, although we are now in autumn, is still flowering beautifully, isn't it? I was looking through some old photos yesterday, actually, and you can pick right up to December with some dry flowers because they're so crispy and hardy on the stems. They're sort of quite frost-resistant, but that's not to say there's many. At this time of year, it's really winding down. Do you plan your plot at the beginning of the year with all the flowers that you want to sow to pick for dried flowers? Yes, each year I basically do an order of seeds and choose the varieties I want. The bread and butter of a dry flower florist is your helichrysum and status. So those are the things I gravitate towards, they're the main things and then everything else is more of an experiment and I can add on. So without those basic ones I wouldn't have enough for my floristry and I also sow grasses, seed heads but yeah it's all quite unorganized really. I I can't really profess to being an immense planner. Um, It all comes quite naturally. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose that's the right way isn't it really? So Lisa, can you tell me a bit more about Ramshackle Flowers and, and how it all began? So I was working in London for many years, sort of on and off, and during the pandemic I ended up back around here and took real refuge in my allotment. It really went from there and the business evolved very organically. I was just making a few bouquets for fun really and some friends said they wanted to buy them and that was when it occurred to me that I could actually start a business and do something I love that makes me happy and healthy really. And the name Ramshackle, where did that come from? Yeah, so it's a funny name, um, (laughs) but it it really came from a childhood experience, a memory with my friend. We were 
on a walk and we went to explore an old barn. We just came upon it and it was completely ramshackle and a barn owl swooped down towards us and it was just amazing. And, and when I was sitting and trying to think of a name for my flowers, I just came upon the word ramshackle and I thought that just really sums me up because <laughs> it's a bit off the wall, you know, I, I want it to be slightly different and quirky. And you said actually when we first entered your plot, welcome to the ramshackle plot, you know, it, it's how you grow, but actually it all works beautifully. Did you learn as you went along, as you started to sow and explore your cut flower and drying adventure? Yes, absolutely. I started just growing various things really at my allotment, mostly vegetables. And then I started with the helichrysum and I just really got into it and I, I got very obsessed with everlasting varieties and essentially each year I grow something new. I've been really growing them properly for the last three years so during that time I've come on leaps and bounds in my knowledge so it's really trying things out and experimenting to see what dries well and then you, you know keep it a secret <laughs> <laughs> oh i might have to eke a few secrets out of you <laughs> but that's the thing isn't it sometimes it is the best way of just doing it yourself and then you find what works and what what doesn't work what are your favorite flowers to grow for, <laughs> for drying oh the, oh my favorite flower for drying so hard but i mean i have to go back to the helichrysum because that's where it all began my logo is actually a drawing I did of a helichrysum. Helichrysum is also known as a straw flower. It's this one here, immensely crispy. But um, yeah, so I, I dried those when I was really young and then dried flowers went massively out of fashion and I just couldn't find what that variety was. I thought it was a cornflower for many years and then I stumbled across it on Instagram and I was like, oh my gosh, that's the flower that I dried when I was younger. So what surprises have you come across along the way for flowers that have dried beautifully? I think I'm sort of amazed at how much you can dry. So it doesn't have to be the immortal varieties like the helichrysum and the status. There are lots of regular plants, regular in inverted commas, that you can dry too, like dahlia. But there's also so much you can get from seed heads and things. Wrinkled cress I grew this year. It's actually edible, a lot of dry flowers are edible. And it has amazing seed heads that are all tiny little round dots. It just looks like something that's been made. But there's just a lot you can get in hedgerows and things and grasses as well that just look lovely dried. I've got some, thank you. How nice. <laughs> Fellow allotmenteers are always very welcome in growing together. <laughs> I mean, as we sit here on your plot, I can see you have some beautiful honesty seed heads in front of us and also some amazing cardoons. Do you <laughs> let some of your flowers go to seed for arrangements as well as collecting? When it comes to dry flowers, the really key thing is picking at the right time. So actually, uh, most of these that are still here except the cardoons everything's going over so it, it's the same for like many varieties for example yarrow dries really well but you have to pick it just at the right time because otherwise the blooms won't stay vibrant and big they will either shrivel up or they'll go a bit brown so it's that juicy moment in the middle. Are there any plants you can recommend this time of year that people can still pick and dry for maybe autumn and winter displays? So at this time of year, I'm still picking status. 
it doesn't bloom quite so vibrantly without the sunshine. So the helichrysum will still go on strong into autumn. If you've also done the Chelsea chop on some of your plants like lavender, you'll have a second flowering of that variety, which is what I've done. Keep yeah. it going as long as possible. So what do you do this time of year in your plot then to prepare either for the end of the season or the beginning of the growing season next year? I start dreaming about next year, basically. Clearing away, um, getting on top of the weeds and the grass as much as possible. I'm just thinking this winter as how I'm going to close down my plot. But I would say, if you have access to something you can mulch with, mulch. Do you tend to grow all your flowers organically then? Oh yeah, yeah, completely organic. Do you add any colours or anything to your flowers or are they Absolutely all natural? Absolutely not, no, <laughs> never. I would use a natural dye, but it really isn't necessary with dried flowers if you're growing them right and picking them at the right time. Yeah. So one of the things about dried flowers, which possibly some people find a bit unattractive, is that they gather dust. Ah, yes. Really quickly. I mean, they look beautiful, but they do gather dust. Do you have any tips to how to get rid of the dust on dried flowers? Yes, I always get questions about dust. You can use a, a hairdryer on cold to blow the dust away or just move your arrangement around a little bit. But I would just approach it from a ramshackle point of view and see your arrangement as something that can be built upon in the future. You can buy new dried flowers and sort of add them to what you've got or you could reuse it in a wreath or get creative basically. So what do you like best about dried flowers? I like the fact that they last forever. That's what really attracts me to them. I love the process behind them the drying process, hanging them up, having them all in your room. And <laughs> it's just really intensive. And I think that's what I like about them. But I also just really like the look of them. They're really beautiful. Uh, they're very different from fresh flowers, I think. So with regards to how to dry, you mentioned about cutting them at the right time and hanging them upside down. Yes. How long do you have to hang the flowers for? Do you hang them together as a bunch or individually? I hang them together. Flowers dry very well. <laughs> Joined by a loud crow. <laughs> so yeah, I, I bunch them together and hang them in a dry place. So over the fireplace, if you've got one, it's great. Or over a radiator. Out of direct sunlight, because that will decrease the colour in them. It's actually fascinating with helichrysum if you watch it sped up so I've done time lapse of one before and you can see it opening and it opens rapidly if you're growing helichrysum to dry make sure you pick it when it's still at least slightly closed because it will open more once you've hung it up I didn't realize that how lovely to see and how long does it take for the flowers to actually dry to have a, as a display or to use for a wreath people always ask me this question and I answer very annoyingly it depends on the variety it depends on the softness of the stem of that plant so say the yarrow dries really quickly because it has a really stiff stem whereas the helichrysum takes a long time and varieties like gonfrina as well with a, a small tender stem you need to make sure that that's really crisp before using it in an arrangement okay so test them to see yeah you need crispy flowers basically sounds good <laughs> so what are you hoping for next year then what are you looking forward to to trying out in your plot that maybe you haven't tried before at the moment i'm sowing a few autumn sowings and one of them is called burplurum longifolium bronze beauty and it's a really nice halfway house between a flower and a seed head 
but it's extremely tricky to germinate. You have to plant it in a warm condition, then you have to cold stratify it, and then you have to just sort of wait around and hope, basically, over winter that it germinates. Ooh, interesting. It sounds like a wonderful thing to do, Lucy, to immerse yourself in growing beautiful flowers that you can then cut and dry and enjoy forever, like you said. Well, thank you very much for telling me more about your ramshackled flowers and about your plot here. We've been joined by fellow allotment tiers and by some children enjoying their lunchtime break but it's been great to meet you thank you very much thank you thanks so much lucy if you'd like to book onto lucy's upcoming talk at the end of the month at the midhurst buds and blooms society go to their website to find out more details and to find out more about lucy go to ramshackleflowers.com so steve shallots yes onions garlic garlic start looking at getting that in now really like you said earlier whilst the soil is quite warm gives them a bit of a, a kick off and then they, they really like a, an overwinter the colder the better vernalization it's called that they like a real cold snap and to get them in well prepared ground free draining soil they don't like to be sat in a boggy clay soil so plenty of compost bury them two garlic bulbs depth down and away you go you bury them that far down do yeah, you? yeah i do yeah it's not that far but it just gives them a good chance free draining soil though they don't like to be sat in in wet they'll just rot off so you're going to put those in soon yeah probably the next week or two and yeah. how about onions you tend to grow onions from seed i do i grow, grow them from seed and it's my joyous happy life that probably boxing day or the day after boxing day i'll sow the seeds that's how i do it okay so you yeah. don't put sets in no you can of course you can there's nothing wrong with putting sets in and you can put sets in now the overwintering sets they're readily available in the garden centers get them in now and i always say this to every year and i write about it every year get the 24 cell planters if you're going to do sets a bit of compost just pop a set in each of the cells and then when they're, they're about three or four inches high then plant them you don't need to cover them the birds won't take them out it just gives them a really good head start and shallots traditionally planted on the shortest day and picked on the longest day i cheat that a little bit usually plant them the last two weeks in october again in four to six inch pots one shallot in each pot obviously in a bit of compost just the bottom of the shallot in the compost damp compost not wet again they'll rot just make sure they stay damp leave them in a cold greenhouse over winter plant them in march where you go he's got that down to a fine art <laughs> um habit de noir is the, the variety that i grow but i have just ordered some new stock from uh, one, of, one of the many groups i'm a member of and that's gardening this day and age anyone can give it a go and i think that's so good the social media and all the groups that are out there but instagram as well there's a massive following of gardeners on instagram and so much information yeah you're absolutely right steve there's a wonderful gardening community online and it's lovely to chat to them and it's even better to meet them in person as we walked up to your plot on a table to the side of your plot are three rather large pumpkins steve they're all right aren't they <laughs> It's funny, isn't it? Everything's relative, isn't it? And yes, they are quite large. I'm not going to tell you how how much they weigh, because I did weigh them cheekily last weekend, but certainly surpassed my expectations. But I don't think quite as big as the winner of the pumpkin competition here last year. His was 32 kilos last year. The big one there isn't quite that heavy. Yeah, because you've grown for two different pumpkin growing competitions. Not I. We have grown two lots of pumpkins for two different competitions because you've signed us up for the petersfield pumpkin society competition but it's been a bit of fun the 100 weight pumpkins we've got two that are fairly equally matched 
and then for the allotment show i grew a dills atlantic giant which is the bigger one so yeah we're gonna go and try our luck this week aren't we we are it's really exciting so on the 6th of october we're going to the pumpkin weigh-in for as you said the petersfield pumpkin growers associations weigh-in and then here when do you have the weigh-in for the bob keevil pumpkin competition we have that the third weekend in October. And how many people here on the allotment have grown for that? Well, last year we had about 10 people come and enter, which was really lovely. Loads of kids came. You know, we had a little kid turn up in a little kid's wheelbarrow with his pumpkin in the wheelbarrow, which was wonderful. But having a walk around, so I've got a couple. There's a, a lady down there that hilariously called her pumpkin Goliath. And I said, more like David. So she then made a little sign for my big pumpkin and called that David. So a bit of banter going on there. There's a chap over near the orchard who's got a bit of a whopper. And then there's another contender, I think, as you come in through the gates, there's a big one there. I've seen that. But we're not going to talk to him about that because I think if he doesn't turn up, I might stand the chance of winning. <laughs> it is big. You it's, see it yeah, straight away. it's huge. It, it is, is huge. Yeah, it's yeah. a big one. Well, good fun, though. It is, and that's what it's about. And that's what we try and encourage here. A bit of community spirit, people getting involved. Well, we'll report back on how the pumpkin weigh-ins go and let you know. Well, it's apple pressing at the community garden. It's that time of year when all different sorts of fruits are available, but the community garden have got an apple press and they're going to be pressing apples. The juice from a freshly pressed apple, if you've never tried it, get a whole bunch of apples together, mince them up, press them. It's amazing. Drink too much of it, give you a bit of a bad tummy, but it's so good. It'll be fun to go and see what's going on down there at the community garden and find out what apples they're pressing and what apples they have in the orchard because the orchard here, you have all different varieties oh, there's all of apples. Sorts. There are at least 30 varieties of apples, I think. Amazing. Yeah, it is incredible. Well, I popped up to the Blackmore Estate in Hampshire to meet with the nursery manager there, John Monday, who's been looking after the fruit farm there for a number of years and talks about the upcoming apple tasting day. It's a beautiful autumn morning here at Blackmore Farm. I've come to meet with John Monday, who is the nursery manager here at Blackmore Estate. Good morning, John. Good morning. What a lovely place to work. It is. It's a beautiful part of the country, as you can sort of see around us. Open fields, woodland, lovely place to work and live. And we're surrounded by loads and loads of fruit trees. Lots of fruit trees, mainly in the area we're looking at here, they're mainly sort of soft fruit plants, blackberries, raspberries, black currants, red currants, gooseberries, a bit further down are the trees. But most of our trees are grown out in the fields, you know, can be a mile away from this area here, but all on the Selborne Blackmore Estate. It is a large area, isn't it? How many fruit trees approximately do you have on the estate here? So we would, in production, it would be close to around 60 to 70,000 every year. And you look after them? We do our best, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of fruit trees do you have in, in the surrounding areas? We do specialise in fruit, so we'll do all fruit trees, even the unusual trees like medlars, peaches, nectarines, apricots, apples, plums, pears, cherries, <laughs> damsons, gauges... Any type of fruit, we do it. As long as they can be successfully grown in the UK, then we produce them. Blackmore Estate is one of the UK's leading fruit specialist nurseries. How long has Blackmore been growing fruit trees? So we are coming up to 100 years. The nursery was set up originally as a feeder for the fruit farm. They required the trees and we had the land here. It made sense 
to grow the trees. And then there was other fruit growers who were then inquiring about our trees, where to get them, so the nursery expanded. It's changed a lot over the years. I mean, now we are totally an online nursery, supplying private individuals, no catalogues, just everything is on our website and people can order through our website and it's delivered to their door. Nice and easy. Now there is coming up an apple tasting day on Sunday, October the 8th. How long has the apple tasting day taken place here? So it's been going for over 50 years now. Very popular event and it's grown into an event now that is a very big event here with around seven to 8,000 estimated people visiting us on the day. That's amazing. Mm. I mean, obviously, apple tasting takes place there. What varieties of apples are on offer to taste? So a lot of the old traditional varieties that you can't buy in the supermarkets, some russets, ashmead kernel, some really old varieties that have really great flavour, but probably not the best of looking apples that the supermarkets demand nice shiny red apples all of a uniform shape some of the older varieties have the flavor but maybe not the looks so we concentrate on a lot of those really have a bit of character to them yeah they do (laughs) are the older varieties becoming more popular now are people looking for more traditional varieties or other new varieties that are interesting too yeah there's plenty of new varieties that are very interesting too you know they bred for the disease resistance heavier cropping and what is the main thing now for fruit trees is everybody's gardens are getting smaller so we need to be producing more dwarfing smaller trees that can pretty much fit in in, into any garden now do you also offer fruit trees that can be trained in specific ways like espalier and cordon yeah we specialize in those and they're heavily in demand every year and we try to produce more every year but you need the right shape of tree to start And once you get them going, the espaliers and fan trains are beautiful looking trees. Now at the apple tasting day, can people also bring apples from their home to be tasted to find out which variety they are? Yes, we have an identification area here. There's two very knowledgeable guys and they never fail to um, identify. Well, I'd say they never. Occasionally they do, but if it's a known variety, they'll be able to identify it. Has there ever been the occasion where they've identified a, a really unusual apple? Yeah, yeah, there's there's some that you think that have gone out of existence and they don't exist in the national fruit collection anymore. And occasionally we have seen the odd one that's popped back and so, yeah. Really exciting. Yeah. How easy is it to grow and to look after a fruit tree? What advice would you give? It's not totally straightforward. You can't just chuck a fruit tree in the ground and expect delicious apples year after year. There are a few pests and diseases, you know, a little bit like roses. And there are certain varieties that have better resistance to the pests and the diseases. But yeah, a little bit of maintenance, a little bit of pruning. I think that's one of the things that frightens most people is how to prune a fruit tree, what they need to do. Um, But our website has a lot of information on pruning and how to care for a fruit tree. A little bit of care, a little bit of attention. They'll produce delicious fruits year after year. It's good to hear. Now, you've worked here for a while at the nursery. What's your favourite apple? That's a hard one. Um... My favourite apple for taste is 
probably Ashmi Colonel or Chivers Delight. And why? Why is that? It just just suits my taste, really. I mean, they they have a very unique flavour to them. Some of the newer supermarket varieties, they don't have a huge amount of taste. They're just sweet, but nothing else into it. I mean, you can get some fruits, some of the russets have sort of a nuttier taste. So it's a good day to come along and taste some of the apples, the different apples, and some people are quite amazed at the different flavours of them. And can people buy the apple trees here on the day as well? Not really, because mainly what we sell is what is called a bare root tree. So it's a field-grown tree and we sell them during the winter months. But all of our trees are on the website and all up for sale. So people can come here. We all give them a little bit of advice if they need it on which varieties, which rootstock to grow on, and they can go home and pre-order. Sounds great. John, thank you very much for telling me more about Blackmore Estate. It's been lovely to meet you. Thank you. Thanks very much, John. Great to talk to you and find out more about Blackmore. If you're interested in ordering any of their fruit trees, you can go to their website, which is blackmoreestate.co.uk. With the winds coming, like you mentioned, I've got a rambling rose that's been climbing up the outside of my house that I haven't cut back for a number of years and I keep meaning to. So this is the time of year. Yes, it certainly is. Needs to be done. Is it a ladder job? It is definitely a ladder job and definitely more supports, string to go across. It's a big job, which is one of the reasons why I haven't done it. But I do need to do it because the rose has rambled onto the neighbour's house and they have done it and it looks beautiful. So I will make an effort to get that done. And it's quite simple to do. You just have to cut it back about two thirds of the way to a bud and then tie it back. And one of my orders for bolts has arrived. Excellent. So excited. But one of the things to do if you're not ready to plant the bulbs yet, which I'm not either, is to store them correctly and also to check them when they first arrive. Yeah. See if there's any mould. No, because it soon spreads throughout the bag, doesn't it? Not a good thing. So if you see a bulb with some blue mould on it, take it out immediately and then make sure when you're storing the bulbs to keep them in a cool dry area and make sure the bulbs have got lots of air as well so they don't tend to sit on each other. So where do you keep them then? I keep them in my porch actually which is quite a cool place as well and I've got them in a box. It's where I tend to put lots of (laughs) when I'm chitting my potatoes that's where I put my potatoes. Yeah Yeah, yeah, it's quite a good area. Yeah I tend to use it all up. No one can get in there this time of year. Well we've got a conservatory where we're living it's going to be taken over as we get into spring the propagators everything like that's all going in the conservatory great light and it's going to be it's going to be steve's growing area nice because you can just nip in there then can't you you don't even have to go outside no exactly find those spaces though it's so important like with growing hardy annuals this time of year i've put them in the greenhouse but cold frame can do yeah just a little bit of cover but they are hardy yeah should be okay just keep around those mice like to have a little nibble where i helped the fella out up at steep marsh i did the strawberry runners He wants to increase the size of his strawberry bed. So we've got, from about eight plants that were in the ground, we've got about 30 runners. We're going for it big time, I think. It's all or nothing. Well, that will definitely increase his plot. It will will increase the yield of strawberries and he'll have the fattest mice. Naughty things. You've got to leave a few out. That's the thing. Leave some out for nature and then some for you. It's that give and take. You can't stop it. So you may as well just roll over and take it, really. Enjoy the ones you can get. Exactly. Well, Steve, 
It's been lovely sitting here. The sun has come out. It is. It's lovely now. I feel vindicated in my wardrobe choice of a, of a T-shirt. We're all right. It is a lovely time of year to be outside. So if you can get out in your garden or just out in nature, go out and do it. It's good for you. It's the best thing to do. Thanks so much for joining us. And to our guests, Lucy Lee and John Mundy. As always, we'd love to hear from you. So if you have any questions or you'd like to say hello, you can email us at joinusandgrow at gmail.com. We also have a newsletter that comes out twice a month along with the podcast so do let us know if you'd like to receive that as well you can also follow us on instagram at growing together underscore podcast we'll be back in mid-october steve yes we'll see you then happy gardening growing together is new twice a month and supported by alitex modern victorian glass houses made in south harting Get the latest editions of Growing Together at any time at shineradio.uk. Come on, Petersfield, let's build a band. A beat from Dragon Street and a snare from the square. A bass from Penn's Place, a gliss from Liss and a fill from Bell Hill. Ooh, some vocals from us locals and the Dave Gilmore of Tilmore. Only Petersfield's Shine Radio plays original music from local musicians. The Local Showcase with Mandy P is sponsored by Brickyard Studios. Petersfield's professional recording studio, rehearsal space and PA hire. The Local Showcase, Thursday nights at 9 and always online at shineradio.uk.